0: If you've seen HDTV, you definitely want HDTV. But will a large new flat screen television fit into the footprint your old tube occupies?
1: And how will that high def change the way you light the room?
0: Read our easy tips to design a media room when you hit MoneyPit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve.
1: And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974.
2: You live in a money pit Money pit If your basement needs a
3: pump Or your place looks like a dump You live a money pit.
0: coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Welcome to this hour of the program. What are you working on this holiday weekend? We want to help you get it done. Whether it's a do-it-yourself or direct-it-yourself project, call us. Let us help you take that first step. The number is 888- Money Pit, 888-666-3974. Hey, are you looking for some new appliances to fill your home with this spring? They can cost a bundle. So before you buy them, you want to make sure you know which features work best for your lifestyle. We're going to have some ideas on that topic coming up in just a bit.
1: And we've all had that rude awakening of jumping in the shower in the morning only to get hit with a blast of freezing super cold water. Well, there is a way to stop that from happening and save some money along the way, and that tip is coming up in just a bit.
0: And also, we are barely into the spring storm season, and we've already seen horrific and deadly weather. The director of FEMA's Ready Campaign is going to join us later this hour with some information on how to protect your home and your family from those natural disasters.
1: And how would you like to see the very best home transformations from this old house? Well, one lucky caller is going to get Kevin O'Connor's book, which shows the coolest makeovers that they've done on this old house in the past 10 years, and what's even Even cooler is that we've had it autographed by the entire cast.
0: And that prize is going to go out to one caller who picks up the phone and calls us with their old house or their new house or their really any age house question at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. They're lighting up. Leslie, who's on first?
1: Eva
2: in Florida is on
1: the line and has a cooling question. How can we help you today?
2: My home is 40 years old, and I've been in it from the time it was built. I've had 2 changeouts on the air conditioning unit.
0: That's about right.
2: It's a central air conditioning unit. Yeah. And every time these guys come in, I have one guy come in once every six or eight months to check the cooling of the heating units to make sure everything is up to snuff. And every time they come in, they say, well, you ought to update your thermostat." And I've had them tell me three or four times that I need to replace my thermostat. Well, I had a friend of mine who tells me, he says, well, he says, basically, all your thermostats is heat, cool, and shut off.
0: So I think what, have they mentioned to you that you might want to install a clock setback thermostat, Eva?
2: Well, they just said thermostats. They didn't tell me any particular kind.
0: I'm betting that you have a very simple thermostat, which is heating and cooling, and you just set it and forget it, right? That's correct. So what they might be suggesting is that you replace the old thermostat with an updated one that has a clock setback built into that and how that can help you. And it helps you more in the the cooling in the winter season, which you don't get a lot of down in Pensacola. But when it gets chillier, you can set the heat to be a certain temperature at the day and another temperature at night. So you don't waste heat at night when you're tucked nice and warm and cozy under the comfort of the blankets.
2: Yeah, but I just leave my thermostat at one at seventy degrees at night. I don't change uh-huh.
0: it. Well if you just leave it and you don't change it, then you might be fine with that forty year old thermostat. If you want the the technology and the energy savings of a thermostat that can go up and down based on a clock, and then you would go to a clock setback. But there's nothing wrong with leaving the one you have if it's working properly for you.
2: And it it, it, it either way I'm I'm gonna Use the same amount financially.
1: If you're truly just leaving it exactly where it is.
2: Yeah, but when I get up in the morning I have to turn it on so it comes back up to, to warm up the house.
1: Correct. If you've got a clock setback thermostat or a programmable thermostat, you can enter in your usage. So you can say, Okay, at seven o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, whatever time, you know, maybe half an hour or so before you know you're gonna get up, set it to such and such temperature. And then you can say, okay, and then at this time when I go to bed, drop it down to this temperature. This way you never even have to go over to the thermostat. You can just say bloop and it'll do that program for the day. So you don't have to do anything at all. Then say you're going on vacation or you're out of town, you can have you know an away setting and set it to that so that you've got it obviously at much lower temperatures and it's not running that program while you're not there wasting that energy and your dollars. So it depends. If you want to sort of take yourself out of the equation and have your thermostat do its thing on its own, a programmable thermostat really is, you know, what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, dear. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement, design, decor, outdoor living, whatever you are working on this spring season. We are here to give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, of course, at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974.
0: 888-666-3974. Up next, have you been thinking about buying a new appliance? If so, do you know what features you really need? We'll have tips on how to choose what's right for you, so you can pay for those you need and skip the ones you don't after this.
4: This is Jeopardy! Uh, I'll take uh, money. a waste of money in 1,000. This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name
3: of a home improvement radio show.
2: Alex. What is a money pit? Good Money pit.
3: Is your home becoming a real life Money Pit? On April 12th, join AARP and The Money Pit's Tom Kreitler to learn easy fixes for staying safe and comfortable for $100 or less. Register today for free at www.aarp.org slash homewebinars.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: The number here is Pit. Pick up the phone, give us a call. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, one caller who asks their question on the air with us this hour is going to get to take home a book. With the very best home transformations from the past decade of this old house, its host Kevin O'Connor's book, "The Best Homes from This Old House," it's autographed by the entire cast. It's going to go out to one lucky caller chosen at random to those that reach us for today's show at eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Clarence in Nebraska is on the line with a basement that's cracking up, and he wants to fix it. What can we do for you today?
5: Yeah, I had a uh, contractor come in and pull my basement walls back, and I've got these cracks in the.
0: The common mistake is kind of what you just explained. When you say tuck point, you're assuming that you're going to put more concrete or mortar mix into that crack, and that's not going to work because the patch and the wall surrounding it, are going to have different expansion and contraction rates. So concrete product manufacturers have products designed specifically for crack repair because they're flexible and designed to stick to the old concrete surface. So for example, you could go to Quickrete. Dot com Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. They have a concrete repair product that comes in a tube. It looks like a caulk tube. And you apply it with a caulk gun. And it's like a sanded acrylic latex formula. It's designed specifically for crack repair. You can buy it in a 10-ounce size uh, or five and a house, five and a half ounce sort of squeeze tube size, and you can fill the cracks in with that. You know it's going to dry solid, and it's not going to open up again, and it's good for either vertical or horizontal applications. So you want to use a product like that that's designed specifically for crack repair, because if you don't, Clarence, it's just going to fall out, and you'll be doing the same thing over and over again
4: trying to re I don't
6: know if it'd fall out with it.
0: Well, it may, and very often it does, especially if you get any moisture in there as well. If it's a basement wall, it gets cold, you get some frost heave, it can pop out. So I would use the product that's designed for it, and that's just one by Quikrete, and I'm sure that that will work out for you. Okay?
4: Thank you very much.
0: Well, it's time now for a dependable tip presented by the experts at Maytag. Now, we've told you many times that not all appliances are created equal. And when it comes time to choose a new appliance, whether it's a dishwasher, a dryer, a range, you need to consider what features fit your lifestyle and decide which of those features matter the most to you. Dependability is always a top-selling feature, and so is anything that saves time. Maytag has a product called the Aqua Lift Range that is aimed at meeting both of those needs,
1: hmm And you know what? That range is really very cool. And it has a new self-cleaning technology. The oven has an enamel coating that activates with water and low heat and moisture helps release any baked on mess. Now, all you have to do is run the self-cleaner and then you wipe down the oven so there's no odor, there's no high heat like you normally get when you have any other self-cleaning oven. So the next time your lasagna bubbles over or maybe that pie filling drips or the cheese melts and ends up in the oven, don't give running your self-clean cycle a second thought.
0: And that's truly a dependable tip. You can learn more about the Aqualift range at Maytag.com.
1: Susan in Tennessee,
6: you've got the money, but how can we help you today? I was calling because I have a large room that was converted from a garage into a living room,
3: Mm -hmm.
6: but it's got some dark, ugly paneling on it. And what's the best way to remove it or how do you undo paneling?
1: I mean, it really depends on how much work you want to do and how that paneling that's there was attached to the existing structure. Now, it was the garage previously?
6: Yes, and it was, like, ridiculous. It it was paneled, and, like, it was a really elite garage when we moved in. It was crazy.
1: Now, do you know, is the paneling just attached directly to the studs of the wall, or is it attached by glue to drywall? Have you had any clue what's behind it?
6: I don't.
1: I wonder if there's a place, you know, where you can lift up a piece of trim or remove a switch plate and see what's sort of going on with that. Because it could be that it was a garage. It could just be that the paneling was put directly onto those studs and then you could pull that off and have a clean slate and just go ahead and put some drywall up. And while you're at it, add some insulation. Because if it was a garage, there's a good chance there wasn't any there before. Now, if you do find that it was attached to some drywall, It's probably glued on and everything behind it's going to be a mess. So you've got two choices there. You can either just make that paneling look attractive by painting it. And you know what? When paneling is painted like a glossy white or a glossy neutral color, it actually doesn't look so bad. It can kind of be that great, interesting base texture with sort of a modern country feel, if that makes sense. Um, But if that's something that you're like, oh, God, no, I don't even want to see it. You can easily go over with quarter-inch drywall. The only thing is where you've got, you know, switches or outlets or trimming, those things are going to have to bump out a little bit, so that requires a little bit of carpentry, but it's not the end of the world, and it is a do-it-yourself project.
6: Okay, so it really depends on what it's over.
1: Depends on what it's over, how it's attached, and how involved you want to get.
6: Okay, well, I guess the first thing I will need to do then is take, a piece off, or figure that out, and go from there.
1: Don't sound so down. It's not a difficult
6: project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate the advice.
0: You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Robert in Oregon's on the line and is having an issue with some plaster walls at his home. How can we help you?
5: Well, I uh, was finishing a room in my bedroom, and and after applying the plaster. Uh, Some of the plaster was coming off after I painted it. But originally, I did the living room, which was my first job. And I mixed it a bunch of of the plaster, imperial plaster. And, of course, I mixed too much, and it got hard, you know. So I learned not to mix so much because you can only use so much during a certain time, you know, before it sets up. So anyway, in the next room, I, you know, drywalled it, finished it, and then I used a product called Plaster Weld which is supposed to be a primer for the plaster.
0: Right. Plaster weld is a bonding agent. Right. And you use this on top of drywall. Is that correct? Yes. Was it new drywall?
5: Uh, Yeah, new drywall. Okay. But, I, but I'd but prime the walls first. Okay. And then put the plaster weld over that.
0: Hmm. Okay.
5: And then uh, mixed up my plaster with imperial plaster and applied it and finished it all up and troweled it to do, you know, the texture I wanted, and then uh, we went back, my wife and I touched up a few spots, and then let it dry overnight, then we put a primer on it, and while putting the primer on it, some of the plaster was coming off.
0: First of all, I would not have primed the drywall. Uh-huh. I don't really see a reason to do that. I mean, you prime the drywall to control adhesion and to stop the uh, the absorption, I should say, of, of the new paint, the top coat of paint, and to get an even sheen. But you weren't really concerned about sheen because you intended to do a plaster coat. You were basically building what's called plaster lath. This is the way homes were done in the 50s, where you have a, a drywall base, and then you put a plaster coat on top of that. The bonding agent was the right thing to do, But that should have gone directly onto the drywall. Now you put the drywall on, then you put a primer over that, and then you put the bonding agent on top of that. So now you have to get the bonding agent to stick to the primer. And that's a little more difficult than getting it to stick to the raw drywall. So I think you've got a situation now where you're going to have this problem potentially repeating itself. So I hate to tell you this, but what I might do is put another layer of drywall over this real thin layer and start again. You don't have to use half inch. You could use quarter inch just to skim it
5: mm-hmm. and then
0: put the plaster over that. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Kelly in Washington's on the line with a wall texture question. What's up? You like it or you don't like it?
6: I don't like it on the interior walls. And it's only on some of the walls, so I'd like to just get it off.
0: Okay.
1: Are you sure it's on drywall and it's not a plaster finish on a plaster wall?
6: Um, it's on. It's. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not really a home builder expert at all by any means. It just looks like a normal wall to me. It's built in the 80s and it has a texture and it's interior walls. So what do you
2: think?
0: Well, if it's if it's a wall surface, it's probably a little more durable than what we would see on a ceiling. On a ceiling. It definitely is softer, and sometimes if you just dampen dampen it, you can scrape it off. Now, for a wall, not so much. So your solution here is to probably sand it off. So I would start with a very uh, uh, fine sandpaper, maybe like around 150 or 200-grit sandpaper, and see if it takes it off. Uh, There are tools also that are wall sanders that are used in the drywall sanding business that hold that paper nice and flat so you don't sort of dig into the wall. So if you find that it's working really well, um, that's probably the process to follow it. Now, uh, when you do sand it flat before you paint it, this is a situation where it's going to be very important that you prime it because if you don't, you're not going to have a surface that is going to be really ready for that top coat of paint. Primer is sort of the glue that makes the paint stick. And whenever you have a a raw surface, like one that you just sanded, you definitely want to prime it first.
1: Okay, perfect. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, if these past few weeks are any indication, we could be in for a rough spring storm season. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, is standing by, ready to help. That's why we've got the director of their Ready campaign joining us to help you prepare after this.
2: 888 Pit.
3: The Money Pit is brought to you by Quicken Loans. Call Quicken Loans today at 888-450-0024 or go to Quickandloans.com to receive your free home loan review. They'll give you their best possible mortgage at their best possible rate in the shortest amount of time. That number again is 888-450-0024. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, and MLS number
0: 3030.
3: Call today, 888-450-0024
0: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Well, winter is finally over, but just when you thought it was safe to go back outside comes the spring storm season.
1: That's right. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, has a program called Ready that's aimed at helping you prepare and plan and simply stay informed about any disaster that might be headed your way. So we've got Daryl Madden, and he's the director of FEMA's Ready campaign, joining us now to help us get prepared. Hey, Daryl.
0: Thank you so much for having me. So, Darrell, talk to us about the Ready campaign that is put together by FEMA. What exactly is that, and how is it designed to help us stay safe in the event of a severe storm or other natural occurrence?
4: Exactly. Uh, the one thing about Ready, and it, the first thing is that we, what we really want to do is make sure that we bring awareness that people can take reasonable steps in order to be prepared to face emergencies and disasters. So the first thing that we obviously want to do is to bring awareness to that. The second thing is we want to create a platform where people can go in and readily accessible information is available that they can not only educate themselves on the risks that uh, that they're opposed in the areas that they live, but the steps that they can take in order to be better prepared. Now, that's really
1: great. And I think last year we really saw a lot of odd natural phenomenon, and a lot of weather situations. And I know when anything like this happens, the first thing you think about is getting in touch with your family members. Is everybody OK? Who's safe? Who's where? And that communication usually is the first thing that goes away in an event or any event.
4: That's so true, and I think that we, we see that when we had the earthquake here on on the East coast, uh, so yes, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly and, and what we would want to emphasize uh, to families right now is you know right now is the time to really sit down and talk about how you're going to communicate if those events do impact your community, uh, how are you going to communicate if you cannot use traditional methods and there are many other sources that are out there that allow us to communicate uh, one thing that we have learned uh, for our disaster experience is that tech messaging is certainly more resilient than we thought. Uh, And now with uh, social media as prevalent as it is, that is also another means by which people can communicate that they're fine.
0: It's not just a telephone call anymore. Absolutely. We're talking to Daryl Madden. He's the director of FEMA's Ready Campaign. Now, Daryl, no matter where you live in the country, we all face the risk of lightning storms. What's your advice to prepare for that particular situation?
4: Absolutely, uh, the first thing is if you receive any warnings from local emergency management, certainly uh, ad- adhere to any advice that they're providing. but we also emphasize that you know when these storms move through they 're very dynamic, and people should take the opportunity to educate themselves through a no radio, which will inform them of weather conditions and how they're developing. You know, electrical storms are are very dynamic. They move very quickly, uh, and they can sometimes appear without warning. So obviously, we always want people to also use common sense. If you see a storm on the horizon, take shelter.
1: No, and that's a good point. I mean, just for my family, we live on Long Island, and with Hurricane Irene, You know, I I was ready to get my family in the basement and sleep on the floor. And my husband, who's from Florida and survived Andrew, was like Mm -hmm. laughing at me that this was, you know, oh, a nothing incident. But for me, it really was about making sure that we were prepared and making sure that we had everything necessary. And in the end, tornadoes went two blocks away from our home and we were very lucky. So, how do you prepare? Was I crazy to think to get down in the basement? You know, because I'm not familiar with tornadoes, but petrified of them. And my instinct was just to hide.
4: Right. And, well, I mean, I think the key thing here is take the most appropriate shelter that you have available to you. Uh, The most uh, appropriate shelter in a home is obviously a room that does not have any windows. That's towards the center of the building. Uh, If it seems as though it's, uh, you know, a direct impact, you know, studies have said that the bathroom is probably the best place to be and shelter yourself inside the bathtub. Uh, But, you know it all depends on where you are at any given time uh, we've had circumstances where uh, tornadoes have hit uh, and and people have been out obviously shopping and engaged in commerce uh, and we have had people uh, activate their emergency action plans uh, and have actually saved lives as a result of you know acting quickly and knowing what to do.
0: Darrell many of us uh, remember Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz <laughs> and what did they do they ran to the root cellar to hide but today we've got some pretty 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 fancy root cellars. And more importantly, we have some pretty fancy, totally disaster-proof rooms that are available to be built into your home that can protect you uh, from situations like this. What's your take on those types of of, uh, storm closets and so on that are available?
4: Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you're in a prone area, I mean, building those type of rather robust shelters uh, certainly can pay off dividends if you're impacted. Uh, we, we encourage that to take place in new construction, and we think that, uh, that that is certainly a way to go. And if you're able to retrofit. Uh, That's also a good idea to do that. But the whole idea is, you know, within the resources that you have, the means that you have uh, uh, available to you, develop some type of plan uh, about what you're going to do when these type of events occur. Uh, Time and time again, we look back and we say that, you know, the biggest enemy is time. And if you're able to uh, react quickly, decisively, and you know what's going to happen as far as how you're going to be able to communicate and what your emergency action plan is within your family, uh, that, once again, is going to put you uh, head and shoulders above the, uh, the, the game.
0: FEMA's website for preparation is ready.gov. It can help you determine your risk for different disasters. Very useful information. Daryl Madden. FEMA's director of the Ready Campaign. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit.
4: Absolutely. Thank you. And the time to prepare is now.
1: Well, you know it's happened to you. You run the dishwasher and the hot water wash for the whites at the same time. Now you have to wait for your shower. How would you like to have hot water with no warming up time? It is possible. We're going to tell you how after this.
6: You live in the Money Pit.
3: pit is brought to you by flood know how to open a can of wood stain if it's flood wood stain you've already mastered the hardest part from the first board you brush to the last flood products make it surprisingly simple to protect and beautify your deck fence and more find a retailer at flood.com
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 888 Money Pit. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects. But we've also got a great prize up for grabs. We're giving away to one lucky caller a book from This Old House host, Kevin O'Connor. And it's a look at the best home redos from the past 10 years of This Old House. And it's autographed by all of the cast members. It's a completely awesome prize. The number is 888 money Pit. so give us a call.
0: 888-666-3974.
1: Brian in North Dakota has taken on a roofing project. How can we help you with that?
2: Uh,
5: I was wondering, I've got a time to re-shingle my roof. And and the original shingles have lasted for 27 years. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of liking the looks of a metal roof from what I've been seeing. Right. Uh, What's the pros, the cons of... Metal against uh, like asphalt shingles?
0: Well, I mean, the pro of metal roof is that it's a, it's a lifetime roof. I mean, they last a long time. Depending on yeah. the type of roof you put on, you could go 50 to 100 years. The cons are they're really expensive. So okay. this better be a house that you're going to be in for the duration, Brian, because uh, it's just a very costly roof to install. The other advantage of a metal roof is that they have low E coatings on them today. And I don't know you know, that a low E coating is going to last you 50 to 100 years, but at least for the first 10 or 20 years of it, this low E coating works to reflect uh, the sunlight as it hits it and keeps the home cooler in the summer. So it acts just like Lowy would in, say, a replacement window.
5: Okay. How about Um, like now in the winter, uh, snow, bill, and ice, I guess, with the asphalt, they use like a snow rake.
0: Yeah, you have to have have, um, a snow guard on the edge of it, especially in in your neck of the woods, because the snow uh, will slide off it, and of course, you don't want to get hit with those chunks of snow when it comes down right. off your roof. It definitely uh, doesn't have the friction that an asphalt shingle roof has, so you definitely will have more snow uh, sliding off it. By the way, if you do decide to put one on, I would recommend that you take off the asphalt shingles oh, okay. uh, as part Turn of that it right process. On the
5: plywood?
0: Yeah, put it right in the plywood. If you're going to spend this kind of money, let's not trap the old roof underneath it.
5: My question—I sure like the looks of the metal roofs. I've yeah, they're beautiful. They're kind aren't of they? few and far between in my yeah.
0: area, but yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll contribute to your home value too. But you know, get some prices, and then you can make a, a better informed decision. All right, thank you, sir. Well, tell me this hasn't happened to you. You crawl out of bed on a chilly morning, you make your way to the shower, and then you get blasted with cold water. You can stop that from happening with a tankless water heater. You know, these water heaters have a lot of advantages. They're energy efficient because they only heat the water as it is needed, and they just about never run out of doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, traditional water heaters, what they do is they heat their tank all day long. And really, all that does is burn your energy dollars as they're doing it. And when the water tank is used up, you have to wait for them to heat up another batch of water. But tankless water heaters, they just heat as the water passes through on demand. And the other cool part is that they're also small, so you can pretty much install them just about anywhere, including right next to the bath where you take that morning shower so you won't have to wait for anything. Now, we've been fans of tankless water heaters at the Money Pit for some time. And if you'd like to know more, go to moneypit.com and search tankless water heaters. You will get a ton of information and I promise you will get super excited about this technology.
0: Definitely. And we've got more great money and energy saving tips just like that. We're going to have them all month long as a part of our green home series sponsored in part by Philips Lighting Company. Philips has created products that can save energy in all of your lighting fixtures while making your home look great. See what light can do at philips.com. And for more great eco-friendly ideas and products, check out our green guide on moneypit.com.
1: Rick in South Carolina is on the line with a concrete question. Tell us what's going on.
6: Uh, I have a
5: garage floor, and it has several cracks in it, and I'm anticipating painting the floor, but I was going to see if there was something I could do to cover the cracks so they wouldn't show so badly.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to patch those first, and the way you do that is with an epoxy patching compound. Epoxy is sticky enough where it will really adhere to the old concrete and fill those cracks in nicely, and then you can paint on top of that.
5: Okay.
1: And that's really the only thing that's going to stick. If you try to fill it with more concrete, it's just going to crack right out.
0: Okay. Well, I thank you so very much. Well, are you tired of paying astronomical water bills during the summer for yard care? We're going to tell you about a natural way to water your lawn that's practically free after this.
2: You live in a body pit.
3: is presented by Clear Decking, the high-quality, low-maintenance PVC decking solution that will look as great in 25 years as it does today, thanks to superior stain and fade resistance and a lifetime warranty, so you can rest easy on your beautiful brand-new deck. Learn more at cleardecking.com
0: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Fit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And
0: I'm going to be helping you make your home better for free. If you join me and AARP on April 12th, I'm going to be hosting a free webinar with tips on staying safe and comfortable for $100 or less and answering your questions. If you'd like to register for the webinar, you can visit aarp.org slash home webinars. That's aarp.org slash home webinars.
1: Hey, and if you've got a question right now, why not go to MoneyPit.com and post your question in the community section? I've got one here from Phil who posted, what's the best way to determine what my walls are made of? Because I want to hang some pictures. That's an okay question. You know, nobody knows.
0: Yeah, it is. And you know, it's really going to depend on the age. Uh, I mean, if your house was built in the 30s uh, or older, you probably have plaster walls and If it was built, say, from the 40s to the 50s to the 60s and on, uh, maybe up to the early 60s, you may have plaster lath, and after that, you would have drywall. But to hang a picture, it really doesn't matter because no matter what the wall is, you can easily nail into that for a simple picture hanger. It's when you get into hanging heavier stuff that it makes a difference. And if you really have any doubt whatsoever, you are always better off using a molly or a toggle so that you just don't take a chance that anything that you hang is going to come tumbling down.
1: Mm-hmm. Good point. You really want to make sure that you bite onto something on the backside. And that's exactly what that does. All right. I've got another post from Jess who says, I want to put in a water feature in my backyard. I want to do it myself. But how do I know if it's OK to dig in the area? I'm afraid of hitting some kind of cable or gas line. Yeah, yeah it's that's a good, a good thing to point. be afraid of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, You know, what's really important, Jess, is that you're right. You've got to know where things are. And if you don't know simply where they are and you actually hit, you know, a power line or a gas line, you are responsible as that homeowner for those repairs. So what you need to know is this number, 811. And you call them up and they're a service. Their website is call811.com. And they're a service that comes out to your property and will mark for you everything that is buried underground so you know exactly where to dig. Now, once you know that, with a water feature, basically what you need to do is dig out a spot. You can either use a soft plastic liner that you can create any kind of shape that you want, or you can get some pre-made plastic liners that you'll just sort of drop in. And then the question is, how are you projecting this water? The pump is going to be the key. So think about how you put that water up and out and cycle back in and size that pump properly. And that can be the tricky part, but ask a lot of questions at your home center and they'll point you to the right one.
0: Well, even though we've had some serious spring storms already, much of the country is still suffering from a drought. Water supplies are running short, and one way you can help is by collecting your very own rainwater. It's not that hard, and it's actually a fun project to do. Leslie's got some tips on how you can do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
1: That's right. You know, rainwater collection is actually a time-honored tradition that dates way before we've had municipal water facilities. Although it's not for drinking or watering your edibles, it is a great way to gather enough water to use on your grass and your flowers. So to do this, you're going to need a rainwater collection area which really is just a fancy way of saying, you know, your roof. (laughs) You just need to make sure that your gutters are clean. Then what you do is you place a barrel under your downspout. And there are actually barrels of toxin-free resin that are designed just for this purpose. And they usually come with a spigot so that you can actually hook your hose right up to them for your lawn watering. It's free water directly from Mother Nature. Your lawn and your wallet will thank you.
0: Good tip. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. And speaking of lawns, it's time to go to work if you want your lawn to be the pride of your block. We're going to tell you how to do just that and how to fertilize to achieve that dream on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Remember, you can do it yourself.
1: But you don't have to do it alone.
2: You live in the Money Pit.